You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. I abandoned my team at Trivia Night last night. I feel badly. I got some hell on Twitter for it. We'll talk about that later on in the show today. Jimmy Butler, could he possibly move back to the East from Minnesota? Does that change the Hornets' playoff conversation? But first, let's get to training camp. Find the show. You can find us on social media, most social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail, Nada at Nada the Scribe, and Doug at uh, at Doug Branson, L-O-H. <laughs> Links and handles are all over the show notes as well, so you can catch all of our handles there. Getting to training camp, starting up there at Chapel Hill, so nothing too much to look at as far as how they're playing, because as regular NBA order is, you can't watch these practices until really the last two minutes and everything is so vague just guys shooting free throws lobbing it up for fun alley-oops you can't see a whole lot so the last two minutes of the practice is really is the there's the portion that's open for media or just the last few minutes I should say well you can't but let me just say as a as a professional NBA scout myself I can glean a lot yeah I can glean a lot from those last two minutes well I I guess I can't I can't see anything from the defenseless lobs that Devontae is throwing Bismack Biombo. but if you can by all means Doug Branson the genius there's a reason that you have NBA in your Twitter handle I I used to (laughs) and then I got rid of it when I at first when you were just Doug Branson I was like well how's this guy I want to see but once you put NBA in whoa Listen, now I'm, this guy knows. Listen, I don't care how people start practices. I care about how people end practices. Finish strong. That's what we've always been about here on the podcast. Finish really? strong. I've instilled it in my in my sons. I'm the pod dad. I instill it here. <laughs> Not I want my yeah. I want my emancipation, man. You don't even show up for trivia. Where were you, man? We'll, we'll get to that later. Let, let's talk about training camp and let's see if we can dissect anything as, as far as you know. Maybe Doug has some just crazy enlightening insight for us from the last two minutes of these practices. But we have got some audio. We did get some from some of the guys, James Borrego, Marvin Williams, and Kimba. But let's talk about James Borrego. Borrego wants to go faster. Don't know if you guys know about this yet, but let's. Hear what James Borrego has to say about it. We want to score more. We want our fast break points to go up. Uh, we were one of the bottom teams last year in fast break points. We want to move that up. Um, that's when we can score best. That's when the defense is most vulnerable. And uh, I think we found some some guys today that could can do that. Present a problem in transition. Um, everybody's got to rebound and move the ball up the floor faster. Yeah. Guys, we're going to move up and down the floor real quickly. It's been the number one pace. It's been the number one thing we've talked about is pace for the Charlotte Hornets offense. And not, I know you brought something interesting just off air that actually in pace, the Charlotte Hornets were ranked eighth, ninth they last were season. Ninth. And you know, it's pretty fast, certainly more than usual and, and certainly higher than the average. But it just seems like these guys, just with the emphatic notion that these guys are going to play much faster than what they did last season you would just it seems like there's going to be this huge change are are we are we being too dramatic about it are are we overselling this or do you think despite the ranking of ninth and pace for this Hornets team do you think it is legitimate no there's going to be a big change it's not going to look the same I think there's not going to be a big big change I do think though that there's going to be a small little wrinkle where and I believe Frank brought this up during uh media day he said that he, he didn't want to see the normal pick and roll to death that everybody saw coming with K- Kemba Walker, either him and Kemba Walker or Cody and Kemba Walker, or this time maybe Billy and Kemba Walker. But 
you're going to have something where they get set up faster to get easier buckets. And I think that's the change. I just don't think it's going to be just dramatically faster like everybody's expecting. Well, back back to that soundbite from Borrego. He was making the distinction between pace of play because Borrego is aware that this was a top 10 team in pace and that they could maybe be a little faster, but top 10 is pretty good. But he's making the distinction between pace of play and fast break points, which the Hornets were near the bottom of the league and creating points off of fast breaks. So that's where the distinction is. That's where I think you're going to see a significant difference. Kimball Walker, Malik Monk, MKG, and others attacking on the fast break and finishing at the rim as opposed to pulling out and going going quick and setting up their offense. And see, even with the pace, just even and look, I understand the fast break point and emphasis by James Borrego right there. But even I think, even in the pace, I think there is a significant difference in what you see on the court Mm -hmm. because, one, Dwight Howard's not here anymore. I think that changes a lot. With how it should, and and there's a reason they got rid of it and or get, got rid of him. And I think the ball movement is going to look dramatically different than what you saw. I think you're going to even with the pace being top ten last year. I think you are going to see. Let's say they finish fifth, right? Four spots, not a crazy significant increase. But I do think the way they play basketball, even with that pace, the ball's going to be flying. It's going to be pinballing all around. I think it is going to look very, very different than what you saw. Here's the crazy thing: you may see the pace actually drop this season but the fast break points go up because you might see more ball movement you might see them get into second and third sets whereas last season it was a lot of get the ball to Dwight Howard very quickly let him try to get an advantage down low quick or as not brought up the quick pick and roll for Kemba Walker to get him downhill going towards the basket you might see some different things happening some different levels the pace might drop but the fast break points are going to go up and it just puts so much pressure on the defense. The one thing I would note is that Elton Braden said this to a friend of mine, I want to say a couple of years ago. Everybody loves talking about increasing the pace in October, November. Let's see how they feel about it in January. No, that's a good point. And I, I saw that quote from Elton Brand as well. I, Secondhand I, name drop there. You <laughs> didn't name drop the friend. You name dropped Elton Brand. But my friend talked to him, and he knows what's up. Uh, Elton Brand did mention <laughs> that. He's talked about, you know, again, making sure that pace does increase and does stay the same just as it was in the second half of the season as it was in the first half of the season. And I, and I agree, I, there might be something to that just to see if the Hornets can keep it up because it is exciting, but then you start to get crazy tired. And then when those 82 games start to hit at the end of the season, then you make a postseason run, or in this case, you know, just the 50 games get under your belt. How fast are you still moving? More importantly, we're not sure how deep this team actually is. And I think that's something that we're going to find out very, very quickly because if this team is only seven, eight real rotational players deep and guys like Bridges and Graham aren't ready, I'm not sure how long you can keep a pace like that going and not burn out your starters. And I'm really happy that Borrego is implementing this just because you watch basketball so often and it just seems like everyone discusses how the NFL is a copycat league. The NBA needs to pick up on that more. And it has. It certainly has gotten better as far as the shooting, making sure that their team is more oriented around the three-point line, more oriented around the perimeter, more small ball oriented. But the Spurs, they have constantly moved the ball well pretty much even before this new era of basketball came up. And even Steve Kerr, as soon as he was a part of the Golden State Warriors, the Golden State Warriors have been so good at moving the ball all the way across the court. And these iso ball situations, like I, I'm cool with Houston and D'Antoni running their own system of this, but at the end of games when you try to iso guys on 
different on just you know one at the end of game situations you put up your best player you make everybody move out of the way and it's just the one-on-one situation but the Spurs don't do that and the Spurs constantly win basketball games and so does Golden State which I get the talent discrepancy but also you can see it I mean if you know basketball you can see them actually playing the game a different way and it's something that I hope Borrego instills in this team by not just playing the kind of iso ball like I get it but the one thing we got to remember is Houston in their iso ball, it works. Statistically, it works really well. Well, and, only, and Houston's a different anomaly. Like, I, that's, I get it. that's where I was going to go. Houston is different because iso works for them because they have two dynamic iso players. Well, and even in the playoff game where all they did was iso ball, like you could tell it wasn't the exact same game plan that they had previously. It was game one against Golden State. Everybody was killing them yeah. because they played because they I think it was James Harden had dribbled, you know, you know, a million times in that game. It just looks different. Even you yeah. don't have to even go by just strictly, you know, what the what the total shots were it just looks different sometimes yeah I think that's what you're hearing out of training camp too that this offense is going to look different and it's going to probably look more fun you did hear Borrego say the defense is a work in progress and when you look at fast Uh break points Golden State led the league last year you have some other exciting offenses in there the Pelicans the Thunder leading the way in fast break points obviously a lot of that having to do with Russell Westbrook but the thing that separates the Golden State Warriors from teams like the Phoenix Suns and Denver Nuggets, who are also top 10 in fast break points, is that the Warriors play defense, and that's what allows them to be an elite team. Also uh, note, the San Antonio Spurs were 29th in pace last season. So I think pace is one of these numbers that can be a little deceiving. It does, it does not an, a great offense make. I think if you ask Borrego, fast break points might be the key to unlocking some offense for the Hornets. Yeah, maybe that's exactly, maybe he means that over the entire thing. This whole time when he's talked about the pace of play, maybe he does mean fast break points more so than anything. And moving on, I think one thing that's also been an emphasis that you've seen Frank Kaminsky talk about, it was one of those subtle shots that he took at Steve Clifford was Mm -hmm. the chemistry of a basketball team. Steve Clifford, kind of an older school guy, discussed it doesn't matter if you get along off the court. You show up as a professional, you play together well, you don't have any problems on the court, and then you don't have to hang out off of it, but that's the kind of way that we're going to operate here. And it doesn't seem like Borrego is is, is so nonchalant about whether they get along off the court or not. Neither was Frank, though, because Frank, I know, Well, that was smoked. one of the subtle shots, right? Yeah, that was, Frank was like, yeah, it kind of does matter to me that we do get along. He talks about the camaraderie when he first joined the Hornets, and we're talking while we're talking about this camaraderie thing, one big thing that did happen, if we remember, was the China trip where they took Jeremy Lin, Big Al. They played that those Clippers games. Maybe the Chapel Hill thing, I don't want to say it's gonna be something similar, but maybe the Chapel Hill game or Chapel Hill training camp might be something similar. I don't know. I think it's one of these things we tend to overinflate the importance Chemistry of or just the 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 off campus trip. Yeah, the off campus trip. Like it's not, this is not, you know, remember the Titans. We're not going to go to Gettysburg and like have some realization about how to come together as a basketball team. These are professionals. Borrego give go a, to work and do your job. I, I can see Borrego giving a Coach Boone speech at a, at a site or something like that. I can see hey. Jay Hernandez doing it, actually. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You can see that as well. Here's Marvin Williams, the veteran for this team. He speaks to the chemistry that this group shares despite the changes up top. In my career, and I've become close with guys individually, but I don't know if I've been closer with teams collectively. 
Uh, and I mean close, like not like I said, not always on the court, but I mean off the court as well. So uh, I think guys on this team are very, very close, man. And it's definitely a blessing, especially, you know, being so late in my career to, to have an opportunity to experience something like this. What makes this quote interesting to me, uh, Walker and Nada, is that I think you rarely see this in the NBA or, or maybe even professional sports where you have a group of players tight knit like this that have played together for so long and then have these significant changes across the board from coach to executive level and, and to still have this team together. I think it's going to be an interesting experiment. Do you think that chemistry, maybe you don't think with the off-campus trip, but do you think chemistry off the court matters as much as Borrego seems to be instilling here with this team? Yes, I do. Because I just look at the Golden State Warriors, and granted, they're they're talented as all get out. But they talk about, I mean, David West talked about it as soon as they won that last finals, that they went through a hard, hard time. And the one thing that kept them together was that chemistry. Now, granted, this team is nowhere even the same stratosphere is talented as the Golden State Warriors. But if that chemistry can carry you through some hard times and some long road trips, it's going to matter. I'll give you a chemistry lesson. It's called H2O, water. Are the jumpers wet? Yes, no, yes, you win a championship. No, you miss the playoffs. That's chemistry. Well, again, I ain't saying nothing about winning no championship. Kimball Walker <laughs> is glad that every position <laughs> is on the depth, bar, depth chart, except for this one. Guys got to fight. Guys got to fight for what they want. And the best thing about it is the work that these guys put in over the summer. You know, now they get a chance to, to show and prove, you know, what they've done over the summer. So, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm excited to see these guys battle for, you know, these open positions. Except for his, right? Of, of course. <laughs> he can be excited. He gets to be excited. Tyrant Kimba looking over his legions of players that may or may not start, may or may not get minutes. He just gets to be happy and command whoever he commands. Looks like Kimba packed his crown all the way to Chapel Hill. Brought his robe. As he should. Be sitting down there. You're right. I don't even care. It's, it is hilarious. Yeah. Um, well, of course he's glad. I mean, and, and I would be glad too if I was the head honcho of a team. Oh, let, let these guys fight it out a little bit. Please me, peasants. Fight to the death. <laughs> yeah, yes. The last Tyrant one standing Kimba. plays ball with me. How great an honor. Like Honestly, he could be like, I've carried you bums to 36 <laughs> wins, and I had no business doing so. He's up in the he's up in the, the second level, thumbs up, thumbs down, and suddenly Willie Hurton and Gomez gets fed to Lions. Yeah, who, hey, I'm fine with that. That would be a fun segment. That's Billy what I want to do. I, I want to go. I want to do a segment where we are the emperor, where we are mm -hmm. the king, and we have our thumbs up or thumbs down for player competitions. In, we the, go, in the Coliseum. Yep. So we, we, I throw you Billy Hernan Gomez, Cody Zeller. We put them in a Coliseum. We give them tools. They fight to the death of one in particular player. I give you Cody Zeller. You, you raise your thumb or you lower it, and then he either gets or keeps or loses his starting. Great game. radio segment. It's, it's just too visual. Yeah. Well, it's a great visual medium, right? It's a great. We wait, can say wait, wait, thumbs wait. up or we'll thumbs, thumbs down. Up, thumbs up or feed them to the lions. Well, I was hoping everybody would get that you would have to audibly say yeah. thumbs up or thumbs down but no you're Just right making it would be, sure it would be a good visual medium as well hey, but no. are we sure that cody's not going to hurt himself lifting up the sword no I, it's long he might i mean cody zeller has been staying hurt and that is something that has been interesting as well because it has been again except for the point guard position it's been the five spot it's been the four it's been the front court that has the most competition here and billy hernan gomez just because of his outside shooting actually might have 
the starting job and certainly some kind of role on this team. I do the Coliseum thumbs up or thumbs down at movies as well during the previews. I always give them thumbs up or thumbs down. Do you sit in the middle so everyone can see whether you're Yes, I raise my hand up high and I say, Feed them to the lions! (laughs) And I'm a joy to go to a movie with. I also have one other movie tradition, and that's if you go to a Regal Theater during the previews, there is a, right before the movie starts, there's like a roller coaster uh, thing. You're in a roller coaster and all of a sudden like popcorn's popping around you. It's sort of like a sort of virtual oh, I got experience. Okay. So I do the old, uh, I like get in my seat and I pretend I'm actually, I'm actually on in the front of people coaster. in front of people. You do this. Yes. Well, I'm I surprised feel like I'm giving them a performance before the performance. What are your go-to snack foods at a movie? Like what are do you, are you a popcorn guy? Are you a snow caps guy? I mean, what are you getting candy out of the box? I, I snow caps popcorn. Yeah, it's sour. It's sour patch kids. Dude. Sour patch kids are great. Salty and sweet. You take some sour patch kids. You throw them in the popcorn. You mix the popcorn up with the sour patch all kids. Right, being I feel like we, all right. We've lost Doug today. Thank you, Doug. Doug we, we've we've lost you for every you single part of the show. Uncultured savage. Thank you. I was going to say it if you didn't. Fantasy football is underway. We have two fantasy football shows to help you max your scores. Locked on fantasy football twenty four seven gives you all the latest news, the waiver suggestions, and injury news. Salty and sweet. Locked on fantasy football <laughs> is now locked on fantasy football with experts with amazing guest every day monday's tom kasenich tuesday's eric edholm wednesday's jeff ratliff and tyler lechner we'll just do it all the time we'll take a quick break we'll come back with more from doug's nonsense nada edwards and walker mail this is a locked on hornets podcast <laughs> this is locked on hornets now that we have this question <laughs> i got I, I feel like i need to ask this mm-hmm. are y'all sweet potato pie folks or you pumpkin pie folks pumpkin pie folks Sweet potato folk. Pumpkin pie. Sweet potato. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I mentioned earlier I abandoned my team for trivia night last night. I've abandoned my boy! Queen City Grounds now hosts a trivia night every Tuesday. And last week, what was the theme last week, Doug? The theme last week was movies. So movies last week. It was 90s night last night. And that would have been one I would have liked to part partook in. Partaked in? Part, partaken partake in. In, yeah. in heated of? In, in heat of. He heated of. That's an office reference. It's something I would have certainly liked to participate in. So I missed out. I just completely forgot. Working on other things and just the time went away and I forgot it. And then I get shamed on Twitter with a disturbing picture of every single one involved. I don't know what any of you guys were doing. You, Doug, Nada, or Steve Bob. Both of you guys seem to be shocked. Is this host scary looking? Are you scared of your own scorecard? Yes. I don't know what you were so frightened about in this picture. All of the above. That's the answer to the trivia question. All of of the above. Thank you. All of the above. And I also... I'm ashamed to say, now this is pre-Walker Mail on the Locked on Horns podcast, but it is my impression that Frazier is a big part of you, Doug, correct? Frazier is a big part of the podcast. Don't we have, we have t-shirts with the outline of the right. Charlotte skyline that is in the same style of the Seattle skyline of the logo of Frazier. And you guys missed a Frazier question last night. Yeah, so That's the, unacceptable, right? right? Like It should be something you guys nail. And we did have one 
OG of the podcast there and Doug Branson, and you missed it, and you failed the people who are loyal listeners of this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't really argue with any of that. The question was, uh, it was a multiple choice question, which the 90s television show was uh, on the air the longest, and it was Friends 90210. Uh, what was the other one? Friends 90210, Seinfeld, Seinfeld and Frasier. And the answer was Frasier at 11 seasons. I went 90210 which was 10 seasons. Friends was nine, correct? Friends was 10. Friends was 10. 902 was 10. Seinfeld was nine. So Frazier was 11. It didn't seem like Frazier was on that long, did it? Well, that's, a, that's what I'm saying. They had eight good seasons, and then they sort of just puttered along for another three. So you, I, technically, I was right. Yeah, no, you no, lost. No, no, no. You missed it. And, and no. not a urine on this, too. I guess you're not an OG. It, it really should be I understand shame. I missed the question, but technically I was right. What other no. what, So you guys eventually got third. You finished third, correct? We finished third. A disappointing finish. You don't get any prizes for finishing third. What's the main prize if you win? What did we miss out on? $20 for the winner. I'm not sure. I've never placed second because last week we placed first. This week we placed third. So it's still a mystery what second place gets. Wait, wait, wait. wait. We? You speak in French now? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, like I'm Yeah, part wait of a team. minute. Hold you on. Didn't. You've dominated this conversation and you were not even a part of the team. I, I, I feel like you guys brought me in. I mean, you could have the, asked my help for something. You could have texted me a question. You could that have would have been me. cheating. The well, pod dad abandoned us, much like one of the best dads in TV history, the Fresh <laughs> Prince's dad. Yes. Also a 90s show. Why don't he want me, man? Exactly. He's one of the best dads in in uh, in television history because he made f- the Fresh Prince stronger, just like your absence made us stronger people. Your love for Lou is still the worst thing ever said on this show. Lou, We're that's coming his to name. you from the Gittimer.com studios. We need to get out of that right now. We're coming from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. We have a question brought into us from Twitter, and we appreciate Daniel Tapp tweeting in. How much does Jimmy getting traded to Miami or Brooklyn hurt Charlotte's chance at making the playoffs this season? So Miami or Brooklyn, those would be the teams that he's asking about here with Jimmy Butler. Would they enhance their other team's chance of getting to the playoffs and therefore kicking Charlotte out? Look, I don't think that happens for Miami. I mean, Miami's already a team that I think a lot of people would view as better as Charlotte. And if you didn't, Jimmy Butler would certainly be the deciding factor in that. I was reading something before the show by Matt Moore of the Action Network. And he had them at under 41 and a half. And I have to agree. You have a lot of decay with that team. You have Goran Dragic, who hasn't been as good as he previously has been. You have Hassan Whiteside, who loves Carolina dogs more than basketball at this point. You have Josh Richardson, which is also very, very true. Who doesn't? Carolina dogs are awesome. Right. But you have a lot of decay involving this team, and the one shining star is Josh Richardson. Now, if you're able to keep Josh Richardson and get Jimmy Butler, that's your sixth team. That's the six teams that are clearly better than you. But Miami without uh, Jimmy Butler, you've I'm got not the Hornets making over Miami. See, I, I think you know, I'm you not s- afraid of them. You do have Spo there. And you do have some guys that look like James Johnson. He's 31, but still one of the better bench players, one of the better depth guys that you have out there. They got a lot of use out of Wayne Ellington last season. And Wayne Ellington is going to help. I look at that roster. I look at Spo. 
I look at a Jimmy Butler possible acquisition. I don't know what you would lose in the process. Josh, Josh Richardson, which I think hurts them more than well, we. it, no, certainly Josh Richardson would be the guy if they lose. That would hurt them the most. But if they're able to keep, you know, some semblance of those guys, I don't know if they're able to keep Pudgy Dion Waiters. But if they kept him, that would be, you know, that would be where is he going? He's not an acquisition anyway. He, he kind of he lost all of his Waiter Island magic last season. So it's the only thing he lost. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a sick burn. So now you have Jimmy Butler coming to that team. I think Miami's in the playoffs. If they land Jimmy Butler, that's just me. I think Miami gets in. Brooklyn, to me, is a team where they Jimmy Butler helps any team get more wins, especially when you talk about these Eastern Conference playoff contenders, just because you put them on the roster, they're already better. But Brooklyn is the interesting one to me. If he were able to make it on that roster, would they be a playoff team Absolutely over the not. Hornets? Absolutely not. They'd be a nuisance. They t- Instead of taking three or four from them, you're probably splitting a series with them. But I'm not afraid of Brooklyn with Jimmy Butler because you're probably losing D'Angelo Russell. You're probably losing a guy like Jared Allen or at least D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert. You're losing those two guys off of a team that's really not that good. Okay, great, but you're gaining a primary scorer in Jimmy Butler who can win you basketball games. And if you're telling me that adding Jimmy Butler does not give them at least two victories, then I think you're crazy. And right now, that's where ESPN has them projected only two wins behind the Charlotte Hornets in the playoff race. So I don't see how you could say that Jimmy Butler would not change some of the Hornets playoff math. I said that they'd be a nuisance I didn't say that they were going to – I said I didn't say that it wasn't going to change. I'd say they'd be a nuisance. There's a di- flip. <laughs> let me just make Let me just make this point too, which I, I think we're really we're – all, we're all missing. I want everyone to listen up right now. Okay? Please help us. Mm-hmm. Salty and sweet, it actually gives you a scientifically proven biological positive brain response. Chefs call it flavor layering. Now, I'm looking at a website here called HowStuffWorks.com. The right mix – Not too sweet, not too salty, gives your brain a positive biological response. Thus, popcorn and the Sour Patch Kids. Lost my train of thought there. (laughs) And the Sour Patch Kids. I'm back on. I'm back, baby. I'm back. That's that's the thing to go to. (laughs) I hate you. Go to the movies. I really do hate you right now, Doug Branson. Yeah, the Nets to me. (laughs) Yeah, you get Jimmy Butler in here. I I think I'd look at this roster. And I don't like it right now. Like the thing about the Nets is they've done a good job trying to get out of the depths of hell from the Boston Celtics trade all those years ago. I think you you look at the Ed Davis contract that they gave him. I, I think I, or the Ed Davis move that they were able to bring him in. I like that. Right. I think that is a good move for them. You look at some of these other moves, like you know being able to take on Kenneth Fareed. They have been trying to dump him for a while out in Denver. You know, I I even get that. Able to take him on for whatever thirteen million. Okay, fine. I like the moves they've made. It doesn't scream playoff team to me. If Jimmy Butler comes here and you lose, I don't even know how many assets that are cra- like. I like Jared Allen. Jared yeah. Allen would make I think somewhat of a difference. Only twenty years old. Somebody that a lot of people that aren't too into the NBA and paying attention to the Nets where they just can't do anything right, can't even tank right because yeah. you have no picks to play for. Jarrett Allen was a guy that was very good as a rookie. So now you have Jarrett Allen being somebody who could help the Minnesota Timberwolves. But do the Nets want to part away with one of their more interesting assets? You know, I, I would imagine just for a rental of possibly Jimmy. Like, how do you convince Jimmy Butler to stick with the Brooklyn Nets? Because that team... 
they do not have a bright outlook. They have picks now. They're finally able to get some back. But how do you convince them? And if you do get Jimmy, I don't think the roster is enough to overtake the Hornets. Certainly, they're a team that contends a little bit more for an eight spot. I still don't think they're better. While I'm on this science kick, let me throw some more chemistry at you. It's called Fe2O3. That's the chemical formula for iron oxide. Because Jimmy Butler's defense is ironclad, and he would breathe some life into the Brooklyn Nets playoff hopes. The Hornets better lock things up if that happens. And while looking at other teams trying to fight for the eight spot, I, I looked at the Washington Wizards roster, and you're not big on the Wizards at all this season. No. Nada. Nada, you you think they are done. You don't think they're going to the eight spot. You don't think they're going to the seven. You don't think they're going to the postseason. They're going to be a lottery team. And they're going to be one of the 14 worst teams in the NBA. It's I can't do that. I think the I think the Wizards get in. Now, the Dwight Howard factor is interesting. Does he do the same thing stylistically on the court to that team like he did to Charlotte? That is something that I think could possibly keep them out. I just look at that team. I look at John Wall. I look at Bradley Beal. I look at Otto Porter. I, that that team, if they miss, Scott Brooks needs to be fired right away. And and that that's a team that's just too talented for me to keep out of the playoffs, especially in a Eastern Conference that's not even where anywhere close to the Western. Here's here's my counter. This team was a seven seed with basically the same parts. They added Austin Rivers and they added Dwight Howard. And oh yeah, they were infighting the entire damn season. No, and you're right, but they got rid of one of the bigger parts in that in Gortat. You had to get rid of Gortat. And added another couple of malcontents. And, and you might have, you certainly have one in Dwight, but you, you had Two. to get rid of Gortat. Well, Austin Rivers is, is going to be somebody that could come in and, and certainly be like that, but you get a 3 and D guy. Like People love to hate on Austin Rivers. It's a decent basketball player. It's somebody that is useful in today's day and age. And Gortat, while I agree, he did have some semblance of a jump shot. I mean, you know, Dwight Howard is not going to be able to stretch it up to the mid-range like Gortat was. The Wizards had to get rid of Gortat. I get I the Dwight Howard acquisition, but you could not go on with these subtle shots, not even so subtle, back and forth between Wall and Gortat. To me, that team finds a way to figure it out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with more on the Locked On Hornets podcast. I'm Walker Mail alongside Nada Edwards and Doug Branson. Stick around. We'll join you after the after the break. This is Locked On Hornets. Did we like the Marco Bellinelli experiment here no. in Charlotte? Or are we glad that he's kind of gone? I, I, I'm one of those kind of glad he's I, gone. One of the, I, one of the only players that has blocked Locked On Hornets on Twitter. Did he block us? <laughs> yeah, he blocked us. I, did, what, Some, did, for did we hate on him? Did we come at him for something or? So I may have said, and I didn't at him or anything like that, but I may have said that his defense on LeBron James at one point resembled that of a potted plant. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I mean, I would get other sitcoms. Like, I, I would get if it was, you know, just Friends or if it was just even Fresh Prince of Bel Air. But the fact that Frasier was in it and you still did not come home with a point on that particular question, it's it's shameful. I think it's shameful that you didn't come to Queen City Grounds. But I wasn't going to help you on that question. That was a question you need to be able to take care of by yourself. You need to carry some of the weight here, Doug, I, especially on something that you claim to be an expert in. 
I'm going to blame it on training camp, to be perfectly honest. I'm just really excited the Hornets are in camp. They're back at practice. I'm, seeing, I'm seeing the teal. I'm seeing the purple. I'm seeing everyone finishing strong in those final two minutes, and that's what <laughs> I'm really excited about. No, the thing is, you're, you're not seeing them finish strong. Did you see that lob from Devontae Graham to Bismack as people were looking? Like it's, it's not anything that anybody would have particularly noticed, but it's just the most lackadaisical lob to Bismack. He doesn't even dunk it. He just throws it up over his head. The last two minutes, it's, it's pretty funny that those are the last things we well you're right i'm not seeing it because i didn't drive up to chapel hill because i like i spent four years there that was enough i will but how are you able to pick up on this expert analysis mm-hmm. because you're able mm-hmm. do you have an inside it's, it's, source well it's it's pretty amazing to be do you have not a sources have I, they came i'm to glad you that you're oh no i'm not sharing my sources with him as i am hey i got one more chemical formula for you oh no that's what i was waiting for doug please share nacl mixed with a little cho that's salt and sugar baby <laughs> You know, I, I did know that one. I was like, I was, I didn't want to embarrass myself and say NACL is salt, right? Mm-hmm. But I was able to get that one. I went to college. So you have the Hornets now finishing up training camp. Friday, going to be the game against the Boston Celtics. And that's going to be the first time we're able to really see this team with this new style, with these guys mm-hmm. coming out. That's, you know, maybe not training camp. Like training camp is cool to talk about, maybe get some audio. But Boston Celtics game Friday, that's going to be the thing I think we're all paying attention to, to finally see something out there on the court. And some of us are going to be up there. There's going to be, a, a, this show will be represented. Something I don't know about? Yeah, I'm going are up Are you th- going up there? Yeah, I'm going up there for... I'm going up to Chapel Hill that day. Nice. So, again, I decided to take that responsibility from Doug. Doug didn't really want to go. I I bribed him with some, like, popcorn and some Sour Patch Kids. Right. We even have coverage I didn't know about. I've seen seen all I need to see. For the preseason. From, I know from, from the Hornets? Yeah, you already know. Doug, I'm just super excited. Also, Gordon Hayward's going to play, apparently, in this Celtics preseason opener. So that will it's going to be a big deal. I don't know if there was many better videos of upset Gordon Hayward at another daughter entering the family. Did you see this video over the I summer? Did. Oh god. The pink the pink balloons that he was just so hopelessly bouncing around, hoping it would have been blue. I, that was just hilarious to see Gordon Hayward, this this extravagant house, this great yard, the two little girls running around. Here's more pink balloons. And Gordon Hayward obviously just wanted none of it. We're in a golden age of gender reveal videos, by the way. We this, are absolutely wait, 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 in a wait. golden age for that. I'm I've tired of them. Countless times. I'm tired of them, though. Here we go. <laughs> I'm absolutely <laughs> tired. It's not has an opinion on something, but not. A, let's just throw something random out. Gender reveal videos. Go. I don't care about the sex of your kid. I don't care that your happies are reveal the sex of your kid. Keep it to yourself. That's we don't- not what it's about. <laughs> it's not about the gender reveal. It's about the funny things that happen around the gender reveal. That's why I'm saying these things used to be rote, silly, dumb things, but we are in a golden age of these gender reveal videos because funny things keep happening. Have you? What Do you have one that comes to mind as the best reveal so far? There was a great one where it was a giant balloon that they had, and the idea was to pop the balloon, and the balloon would reveal, I guess, blue or pink, boy or girl, whatever. It had a bunch of question marks on the balloon. So the the mother has the balloon and and sort of bobbles it, and another person catches the balloon and then tries to throw it back to her, but the balloon, here's another chemical formula, has helium in it, so the balloon goes flying through the air, 
And there goes your reveal. I thought that was pretty fun. No, that's a good one. That's the only reveal I like. I haven't seen. I haven't the one that doesn't exist. You're terrible. (laughs) The the one. The one. I saw one where somebody. You know, it's it's the wife soft tossing a baseball to her husband. He Mm -hmm. hits it. There is a big blue explosion. I believe in that one. Uh, The pinata. That's. I believe that's a classic reveal. I haven't seen too many unique ones. So maybe we can. There's one that was someone was dressed in a giant baby costume. And it was a boy baby costume. It came out of a huge, and it was doing a really uh, exotic dance. Very interesting. This is why they need to die. That that, that right there is why they need to die. There are some bad ones out there, but we do absolutely live in a golden age of gender reveal videos. Coming up tomorrow, there's more training camp updates. You can also send us more questions to our Twitter account, at Locked On Hornets. We appreciate you listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, once again, at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back with you tomorrow. We'll see you to you guys later. See you guys. <laughs>